Uh, we have a few people in the building. You can be seated. We're going to dive right into this word today. Come on, wherever you're at. Come on, let's be intentional about this moment and let's get what God has. I do really, really sense that I'm on assignment today, that I'm pregnant with this word and believing that God is going to help us. So today I want to pick up on a message that I gave several weeks ago entitled, I Never Saw This Coming. Uh, if you did not watch that, that message, I would really encourage you. This is part two to that. I really believe they were God-given to kind of help direct uh, the footsteps as celebration begins to move forward. It was the story about Joseph, and I, I talked about this principle uh, that Joseph learned from his journey in life. And this principle we talked about in the first part of this, is, and it's, here, here it is. It says that there is the life you plan, and then there is the life that happens. Isn't that true? There, there's a life you plan, and then there is the life that happens, and the life that happens, hear this, is full of things that you did not plan. Boy, that's true, right? I mean, how many of you planned for 2020 to look like this? You, you didn't plan for this. Are uh, you crazy? None of us planned for this. Now, so, so we, we have a life we plan, and then we have a life that happens, and then the life that happens is, is stuff we didn't even plan for. And we talked about the importance of how God takes all those things that you didn't plan, and he causes them to work out for your good as a believer. I, I'm drawn back to that same story today, the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, where Joseph has been, been given some dreams by God, and because of those dreams, he's, he, he receives great persecution in his life. In fact, because of those dreams, his, his brothers hate him, and they end up taking him and selling him into slavery. And then they come back, and they tell their dad, Jacob, that, that Jacob has been devoured by animals. They don't tell him that they sold him into slavery. They just say, hey, dad, here's his, uh, his tattered coat that was bloody, and it's apparent that, that Joseph's been devoured by, by crazy wild animals. And, and when Jacob gets this news, it overwhelms him. He's in grief with the loss of his son. So here is Jacob. He thinks Joseph is dead, but he's actually, he's actually a slave. He's alive in Potiphar's house. And, and then it even gets worse for Joseph. He's thrown into prison, accused of rape. Because of Mrs. Potty Potiphar, she's actually in the Old Testament there in the book of Genesis. And so Joseph spends years in prison until he interprets Pharaoh's dreams. And it's at that one moment that he interprets the dream that Pharaoh promotes Joseph from the prison all the way to the palace, second in command over all of Egypt. He's like the governor in Egypt. And because Pharaoh listened to Joseph's counsel, Egypt now has plenty of food to store up in the midst of a severe famine that they are going through. And now the whole known world at that time, they're all coming to Egypt because they're starving and they're coming to Egypt to buy food. And it's in this setting that one day Joseph walks out in, into the courtyard and he sees all of his brothers there. He's shocked. They have been sent by their dad Jacob to buy food in, in Egypt because they are in great need. Famine has hit 
Canaan. So Jacob and his sons have been living in Canaan, and, 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 and they're, they're actually in the promised land. Canaan, remember, Canaan is, is the land that Abraham, God promised Abraham. It's the land that flows with milk and honey. And now the promised land, I want you to catch this because this, this is a huge truth here in the Bible, that the, 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 the land of promise, Canaan land, is actually in famine. And so now they're going to Egypt to get some food. It brings out this point this morning. Just because something is promised doesn't mean that it won't have its problems. Did you hear that? You see, you can have blessings, but those blessings can also come with troubles. That new job that you're dreaming about, guess what? It's going to have some problems with it also. That new relationship that you're begging God for, well, it's going to have its issues too. I mean, she might have bad breath also. Those children that God says, uh, that, that, that God gives you that because you prayed, oh, God, give us children. Uh, there's going to be times in the middle of the night when their dirty diaper is crying out and they're screaming. There's going to be times that you're going to want to give them back to God. One thing about having kids, um, uh, you, you really are going to learn how to have a prayer life with kids. I mean, it don't, it don't matter. It don't matter how old they are. You'll spend the rest of your life praying for your blessed assurance there. That new church that you've been dreaming about, thinking about, the one that has any, no problems, guess what? When you get there, that church is going to disappoint you also. So here they are. They're in this courtyard. Joseph knows who they are, but they do not know who Joseph is because he is he's shrouded with Egyptian garb. And so we pick up the story in Genesis. Let me read a few verses here in Genesis chapter 42. Verse 8, it says, Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they didn't recognize him. And he remembered the dreams he had about them many years before. And he said to them, You're spies, and you've come to see how vulnerable our land has become. And they replied to him, No, my Lord, your servants have simply come to buy food. We are all brothers, members of the same family. We catch this. This is ironic here. We are honest men. Sir, we are not spies. Now, now notice, these are the brothers that sold Joseph into slavery. And they're saying, hey, we're honest men. Joseph, Joseph knows they're not honest men, but they're saying we're honest men. He says, yes, you are, Joseph. And says, you have come to see how vulnerable our land has become. They respond again, sir, they said, there are actually 12 of us. We, your servants, are all brothers, sons of a man living in the land of Canaan. Our, our youngest brother, which is Benjamin, is back there with our father right now. And, and one of our brothers is no longer with us. See, that, the one that's no longer with them is actually standing right in front of them. They, they don't recognize him. Joseph goes on. Joseph insisted, as I said, you are spies. This is how I will test your story. If you are really honest men, choose one of your brothers to remain in prison. The rest of you may go home with grain for your starving families, but you must bring back your youngest brother back to me. And this will prove that you are telling the truth and you will not die. And this they agreed to do. And when the brothers came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him everything that had happened to them. Now, I want you to notice this last verse. And Jacob, their father, said to them, upon hearing all of this news, he said to them, you have bereaved me. 
You, you have grieved me. You have overwhelmed me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you now want to take Benjamin. Now, here's the title of the message today, wherever you're at. It's right here. This is what Jacob says. All these things are against me. All these things are against me. My assignment today is to look at this story, not from Joseph's perspective, but from Jacob, Joseph's father's perspective, his dad's. So for just a moment, wherever you're at, I want you to think about this. I want us to, 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 to stand in the shoes of Jacob just for a moment. What, what do you do when everything is against you? Jacob here in the story has reached his breaking point. Have you ever been at a point where you have found yourself saying, if, if just one more thing happens to me, I'm, I'm done, I'm through, it's over. If I get one, if I get any more bad news, if, I, if, 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 if anybody else says one more thing, I will go over the edge. If I get one more phone call, if I get one more text message, if I get one more email, just one more post, man, and I'm through. Just one more comment. And if somebody, if somebody gives me a thumbs down today, it's, it's over. I'm through. I'm at my breaking point. Come on, some of you in your chat rooms today. Let's have some fun. This is what happened to Jacob. Jacob hears that they have put his son Simeon in prison, and they're holding him as collateral for his youngest son, Benjamin, now. So he's hearing that if he doesn't send his youngest son, Benjamin, then his other son, Simeon, will be killed. He'll die. And all of this is the last straw for Jacob. It was absolutely Jacob's breaking point. You see, Jacob had 12 sons altogether. Ten of his sons were from a different mother, but his two youngest sons were from the love of his life. Her name was Rachel. If you're a student of the Word, you know that he actually worked 14 years for Rachel. And Rachel ends up giving Jacob two sons, the first was Joseph, and in Jacob's mind, Joseph is actually dead, devoured by wild animals. And then the youngest son, Benjamin, who, who they're wanting to send to Egypt, he, he, he's, he's the youngest son, and sadly, Rachel has died giving birth to him. So, so Jacob has lost Joseph to the wild animals, and the only thing that he has left that proves that Rachel exists in his life is Benjamin. So Simeon is now in prison, and he won't live without sending Benjamin to Egypt. But Jacob also, think about this, Jacob also thinks that if he sends Benjamin to Egypt, that Benjamin will also die. And it's at this point, I want you to hear me today, it's just way too much for Jacob. And he says, all these things, are against me. Hmm. So here we are. Welcome to 2020. All these things are against me. COVID-19 has brought the world 
to a standstill. All these things are against me. Fear of the pandemic has brought a world to its knees. Lives have been lost. Families have been left with grieving hearts. The economy has been devastated. Businesses have gone out of business for, for good. Jobs have been lost. All these things are against me. So many have missed out on social engagements and life's most precious moments that they could never go back and get. The social separation has impacted and affected the whole family to its core. All these things are against me. People's souls, hear me today. People's souls, their mind, their will, and their emotions are in an unhealthy condition. How, how do I know that? You, you just have to go out your door and realize that people, people are on edge. I, I know the other day, I, I wasn't in my city. In fact, I wasn't even in my state. And I'm in a parking lot, and I'm minding my own business, actually doing our daily devotions like everybody who attends celebration does every morning. It's the way we get our day started. Great, great help there. And I'm minding my own business, having time with God, and all of a sudden, a lady, probably in her 60s, pull up, pulls up to the side of my passenger side window, and she looks at me and glares at me, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm not driving. I'm not doing anything wrong. I didn't run her off the road. I'm minding my own business. I'm having time with God, and she glares at me, and so I look back at her, and all of a sudden, I'm not in my city. I'm not in my state. People don't know me where I'm at. All of a sudden, this woman unholsters her middle finger and flips me off. Hmm. And all of a sudden, I realize the whole world is on edge. I look back at her and I said, you need to reholster that thing before you hurt somebody. That's what I was thinking in my head and in my mind. People's soul, people's emotions are in an unhealthy condition. Depression is on the rise, and suicides are on the rise, and addictions are on the rise, and domestic violence is on the rise. All these things are against me. Hey, hang on, it gets better. It gets better. Racial tension is front and center in our world, not to even mention the blatant disrespect for authorities. Politics has brought about not the United States of America, but the divided states of America. Mm. All these things are against me. Social media has become the toxic, opinionated sewage by which people spew their hatred and their criticism for one another. And now, if that's not all enough, our whole state, all you have to do is go outside. It, it seems like our whole state is on fire. The doom and the gloom that fills the skies in the state of California here, I believe is just a picture, that doom and gloom that has filled the lives of so many people. All these things are against me. So many people have come to the breaking point that if only one more thing happens, I am through, I am done. Just in case 
you think I'm just talking to you today. Really, this was God preaching to me, and I'm just preaching to you what God has been preaching to me because it seems at times I have come to the brink of the edge thinking I don't know if I can handle another moment, another minute, another day. All these things are against me. Jacob got to his limit. Jacob said, I can't take another thing. I'm at my breaking point. Question for you today, where, where are you? How are you doing in life today? What is pushing you to your limit and to your breaking point? To the mother in our church, to the mother in our church who recently lost her husband at a young age to the coronavirus, who now has to raise three young children without their daddy. I'm sure wherever she is today, I'm sure she's saying to herself, all these things are against me. To the, to the family who lost their mom and their grandmother this past week while fighting and believing in faith for her healing, and yet in the midst of all of it, still giving of themselves to so many, including those who needed shelter from the recent fires. I'm sure even as you had to bury your two dogs this week, and the same week, I'm sure there was a moment in your life you're thinking, all these things are against me. For the parent whose kid is addicted to drugs, who's destroying their life with horrific choices, I can hear you saying today, all these things are against me. I, these are not random situations. These are situations that I know of for those who have lost their jobs and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. I can hear you saying today, all these things are against me to those who have shut down their businesses and you don't know how in the world you're going to pay off all that debt. I can hear you saying, all these things are against me to the one who was set to retire. But COVID-19 did a one-two punch on your investments. And now that opportunity has been destroyed for now. I can hear you right there in your golden years. I can hear you saying with tears coming down your face. All these things are against me for the parents that are trying to do it all. Really? And now I got to be their teacher too? I can hear you. All these things are against me to the elderly who's been locked down for months, quarantined for months. We can hear you. We know who you are. I can hear you saying, all these things are against me. For the six months that this building has remained empty, no church gatherings. I bet if we could find that pastor today, I bet you could hear him saying, all these things are against me. So here is Jacob. Stay with me. He's standing in front of all his brothers, and he says, 
all these things. He's standing in front of his sons and he's saying, all these things are against me. Rachel has died. Joseph is gone. Simeon's in prison. And now you want me to take Benjamin. And if you do, I know that I'll never see him again. And, and I want to I pause right here. I'm not going to be much longer. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. I want, I want to make sure you really get the assignment today of what I'm trying to preach because here is the big takeaway for today. I need you to hear this loud and clear. When, when Jacob said, all these things are against me, hear it, Jacob was wrong. Jacob was wrong, and I'm here to tell you today that you might be wrong also, because the truth is, everything is not against you. I'm going to say it again. Everything is not against you. It might feel like everything is against you, but that's because of your limited perspective that you feel like everything is against you. Because here is the reality. If you study the Bible and study Jacob's life, Jacob was closer to a miraculous reunion at this very moment than he ever dreamed was even possible. When those words came out of his mouth, everything is against me. Here is the reality. What he was saying, what he was thinking, and what he had concluded was absolutely wrong. It wasn't all against him. It actually was all lining up to be for him. You see, what he thought was the demise of his whole family was actually becoming the salvation for his whole family. Things he thought were dead were getting ready to be restored. I'm talking to somebody here today. Come on. Come on. Things that you thought were dead, come on. God is in the restoration business. Literally, in Jacob's life, dead things were getting ready to come back to life. Simeon was not going to die in an Egyptian prison. Benjamin was not going to die at the hand of a madman in Egypt. Their family would never again lack. They would have more than enough provision. And the most shocking thing of it, of it all is that Joseph is not dead. You didn't hear me. Joseph is not dead. Joseph is alive. Everything wasn't against him. Actually, God was using it all, working it all out for his good. But, but Jacob couldn't see that from his, from his COVID perspective. He couldn't see what God was doing on his behalf because of all the struggle and all the problems that he was facing. Celebration, hear me today. Family, guests, friends, be careful that all you see is all you see and that all you hear is all you hear. Think about that. Come on, you need a new perspective. If all you see is all you see and all you hear is all you hear, you're going to be limited. Turn off your phone. 
Turn off your television. Turn off the noise and go, God, we're open your Bible. Turn on the devotions in the morning. God has a brand new perspective for you. God has a plan and he's working in places you cannot see. God has a better tomorrow for you if you could just see it like God sees it. So for all those who are saying all these things are against me, I want to I pause there. Tava, give me a little bit more. Scoot in here. You could always scoot in here close. We'll do this together. Come on, serenade me, guys. Don't be afraid. Just, just do. Now you know it's live. We didn't, didn't practice this. I don't want you to miss this. I don't want to be in, insensitive. I, I get it. Again, I, I, I'm preaching this to me. It was at my breaking point that God reminded me of this story. And I felt like I couldn't go another day. Couldn't go another hour, couldn't go another minute. Felt all alone. I don't want to be insensitive. I, I know it's painful. I, I know what you're going through is overwhelming. I know it feels hopeless. And I know you're frustrated. But, but I've come today on assignment to dismantle the lie. Everything is not against you. Don't you dare allow that COVID quarantine mindset cause you to forget about the faithfulness of your God. Don't, don't, don't be that negative, fearful, doom and gloom person where the sky is always falling and everything is wrong and everything is falling apart. Come on, church. Come on, family. Come on, celebration. We serve a God where there is nothing impossible for Him. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, God specializes in the impossibilities. So this is what I would like to tell Jacob today. And this is what I'd like to tell you today. Your Benjamin <laughs> is in no danger. I said it in the first service. If I had time, I, I'd show you the types and shadows of that, but you don't got time because, because the Niners are getting ready to play, and it's going to be a great start up to a wonderful year. But, but, but Benjamin, here, this, this is what I would tell Jacob, and this is what I'm telling you today. Your Benjamin is in no danger. I know, I know it feels like it, but, but he's in no danger. Benjamin, we could... Hmm, we could talk about your $100. We could talk about your money. Come on. It's not in danger. It's going to be okay. Your Simeon is eating well, and he's awaiting your arrival in Egypt. That prime minister, the governor, Jacob, it's really your son. It's Joseph, and he's not dead. And now he has become the provider for you, Jacob, and your family. And you, Jacob... Your family, the nation, listen, will never be in one again. All these things are being restored to you in this very moment where you thought all things were against you. Jacob was saying all these things are against me, and he was wrong. And as a believer today, if you're saying that all these things are against me, I've come to be very bold today. You're wrong too. 
you're wrong too. We have not seen our best days. Come on, we have not seen the brightest years. We have not seen our best years. The best is yet to come. Greater things for the people of God. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me that. CNN don't tell you that. Fox News doesn't tell you that. The Republicans don't tell you that. The Democrats don't tell you that. Listen, your, 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 your social media is not going to tell you that. But listen, the Bible tells you that. In Romans 8, 28, the Bible says, And we know, what do we know? That all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. You didn't hear it. Come on, I should have had some amens in the chat room, some applause, something going on. You didn't hear How do I know that things are going to be okay? Because God said they're going to be okay. I'm going to read it again. And we know that all things work together, not for bad, but for good. All the things that we're griping and complaining about, saying all these things are against us. They're not all against us. God is using that that you think is against you, and he's using it to work it out for your good. Don't miss this. God's people, this is an amazing promise. God is saying, I'll take everything that life throws at you and make it work out for your good. I'm just amazed in Genesis chapter 50, when this story is all said and done, Jacob has died and Joseph gets his brothers around and he looks at them. And can you imagine? These are the brothers that sold him into slavery. And he looks at his brothers and he says, hey, guys, it's all okay. I'm not bitter. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm not going to post about you today. I'm not going to give you a thumbs down. I want you to know that, that my soul is good. My heart is good. I'm, I'm not an angry person. I'm not a toxic person because of the stuff you did for, to me. Because I've realized that what you meant for evil, God took that evil and he turned it for our, not just his, but for our good. That's what he says. I'm here to tell somebody today. Some of you have been living the life, feeling like all these things are against me. But I've come to tell somebody today they're not. All things are not against you. I've come to tell somebody today that you're going to make it. Come on, I've come to tell somebody, I've come to tell this church today. My assignment, church, we're going to make it. I'm sure of it. I'm confident of it. Why? Because we're going to keep believing. We're going to keep trusting. Come on, somebody. We're, we're going to keep believing that God is working it all out for our good. Do you believe that today? Jacob was wrong, and so many of us have been wrong. I'm here to tell you. All those things are not against us because when you have a relationship with God, God gets involved in our life and takes those things that have been so painful and he makes them work out for our, our good. Right where you're at today, in that home, in that car, in that backyard, would you just close your eyes? Let me pray for you today before we go into this last song. I'm believing that God is restoring hearts today. I feel like so many of us have come to a place that we just, man, we're just, we've lost hope. Just hopelessness. 
we, we didn't sign up for this, this kind of year, but I'm here to encourage you today. It's not what you see. It's not what you're thinking. There's a bigger picture and a bigger plan, and God's in the middle of it. So I pray for you today. I pray strength, and I, I pray health, and I, I pray recovery, and I pray restoration. Father, as I look at this camera, every family, every home, every person on the other side of this camera, Father, would you use this word to bring healing to their hearts? God, as a church, as a people of God, would you allow our perspective to be shifted today by truth? That, God, we don't get into this vacuum, this, this tunnel where all we see is the negative. That, Father, all the stuff that the enemy has thrown at us and our lives, that you are in the midst of that. And you're taking that and you're using that. God, and you're working it out for our good. I thank you, Lord. I speak this over the people of God that their best days are ahead. I speak healing. I speak health. I speak restoration. God, let the dead things in their life come back to life. Let dreams, God, come back. God, God those dreams that are God-given dreams. Let them come back to life, regardless how young or how old they are. God, I thank you that today you are restoring your people into a place of faith that says, I serve a God where all things are possible and my best days are still ahead of me. I release that today. I release, God, that spirit of faith into every life, every home. And God, I pray right now for marriages. She would strengthen homes and marriages. I come against the enemy that would want to steal, kill, and to destroy. And I pray, God, for the mercy and the grace to cover homes and to cover marriages, God, and to cover families and children. God, that you would protect the homes of celebration and the families of celebration. That, God, out of our frustrations, we wouldn't lash out on one another. God, we see the bigger perspective. I just declare wholeness and restoration and healing into every life and every home. God, those that are struggling with sickness today, I declare healing in their life. In COVID-19, I rebuke you and I command you no more. Dry up and die. Enough is enough. And I thank you, Lord. And we are being set free by the power of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Wow, I feel that today. Got a little preachy on you today, but I feel like I'm on assignment. Come on, celebration. We're on the move. We're on the move. Whether you're here on the campus, in the parking lot, or online, I'm here to tell you, God's given us another step to take. Come on. We're going to get rid of that COVID-19 mindset, and we're going to start believing in a God that can change everything about our lives. Right where you're at, before you click off, come on, before you click off, just one last thing. Come on, Tavo. You ready to sing it? Come on. We love you. God bless you. We speak blessings over your life. And we bless the people, Lord. Then he dies God, in that hospital room, healing. And oh, greater is he. You're going to make it. I speak to families. You're going to make it. 
I speak to that marriage you are going to make it. I speak to that teenager you're going to make it. God is healing. God is restoring. God is involved. I declare it so in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 